During our pre-service prayer time, before Paul gave his Sunday, November 12th message, an intercessor came up to me and told me that she had had a dream about shattered glass. She said, as I woke up this morning, I saw a glass table shattered into a million pieces. In the dream, I was picking up the pieces off a grassy area. A few minutes later, a second intercessor walked up to me and shared, I just saw a vision of shattered glass all over the entire floor of the cafeteria, which is where our church gathers every Sunday. I thought to myself, what have these intercessors been eating or drinking? It was just so crazy. What is this whole thing about shattered pieces, shattered glass? And of course, I'd like to reiterate, this was all before Paul shared his message, which I just shared a few excerpts from. So as Paul was wrapping up his message about scattered parts, a man named Brandon in our church family texted me that it was Armistice Day. Armistice Day is commemorated every year on November 11th to mark the armistice or peace agreement signed between the allies of World War I and Germany for ending the hostility. It took, or it took, it officially took, rather, effect at 11 a.m. on the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month of 1918. What were we to make of this? Paul Cox concluded at the end of the service because uh, Brandon shared with him what I just read to you, that the Lord wanted to supernaturally effect an armistice among the scattered parts within each of us that were gathered that day to see an end to the hostilities with one another, ourselves, and the Lord. Paul then added, It is the Lord's desire for the pieces or parts of his body to be at peace. Well, at the conclusion of Paul's eye-opening message, my aha came. We, the church, are peacemakers. This comes from Matthew 5, 9, where Jesus said, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. So we, the church, are peacemakers, empowered by the Holy Spirit to retrieve each other's scattered parts so we could be at peace, whole, and complete. One last thing. Armistice Day was agreed upon between France and Germany on November 11, 1918, and went into effect the following day on November 12th. When was Paul Cox's message? When did this revelation come? On November 12th, 2017, here in Kaneohe, Oahu. I had had this dream on Armistice Day. You can't make something like this up. Well, six months later, after the Lord had released the revelation of scattered parts through Dr. Cox, my friend Larry Pearson, who is very prophetic, prophesied the following word to, to me while we were driving back to the high desert from Southern California. This was on May 15, 2018. So Larry's sitting in the back seat, and we're driving up, you know, up the freeway. And he taps me on the show. He says, Rob, I think I have a prophetic word for you. This happens with Larry all the time. You know, that's prophets just start prophesying whenever the Lord gives them something. So I'm sitting there and I'm kind of tired. You know, we're, we're going back toward the high desert late in the afternoon after a long day. And, and he says, new vehicles of ministry. And I thought, oh, this is strange. 
The chariots of fire are larger than you think, larger than you can conceive. These are the times and the seasons of the large barge of the unification of the train of my glory covering the earth with who I am as I am, awakening, awakening the slumbering evangelical ways to come alive as the body is filled with the spirit of glory himself. The linking has begun. The linking, the linking. I feel like there's a presidential mandate on this. I feel like this has something to do with President Lincoln. It is a part of an aspect of freeing the slaves, the slaves to the orphanage, the slaves to the father of religion. This will be a key to awaken the body. I see a nuclear blast coming upon the body of Christ to awaken it. Well, this strange word by Larry Pearson contain four pieces of revelation that I would like to explain. Number one, chariot of fire, chariots of fire. Number two, the word awakening. Number three, the word linking. And number four, the word slave. So let's examine what each of these words mean. Let's look first at chariots of fire. These are supernatural vehicles affiliated with the ministries of Elijah and Elisha. You can go to 2 Kings 2.12. That's 2 Kings 2.12, 2 Kings 6.17-18, through 6.17-18, and 2 Kings 13-14. through 14. Based on my ministry experience over the years, chariots of fire are supernatural vehicles that transport people's scattered parts back to them, especially to those who have been traumatized in some way, so they can be whole and complete. Let's look at the word awakening. To be awakened, obviously, is to come forth from a state of sleep. As stated multiple times uh, in my book, Heal the Man, Heal the Lamb, and I quote Romans 8.19 here, which says that, that all of creation is waiting for the revealing of the sons of God. And when you look at Romans 8.19-21, it clearly states that only the sons of God can break the curse off the earth. In other words, the curse that started back in the book of Genesis at the fall when, when Adam and Eve sinned and passed that sin nature to all of us and the earth was affected. So we are sons and daughters. We are a sleeping giant. The church is a sleeping giant that once awakened will heal the nations by helping people retrieve their scattered parts. Third word, linking. It is God's intent to wake us up so we can be in one accord or one chord, one sound. The phrase one accord comes from the Greek word or a Greek word homothumodon. It's kind of like a udon, homothumodon, <laughs> homothumodon, which literally means to lock arms with the same purpose. That's unity. Once the body of Christ locks arms, it will form an enormous net that will catch large schools of fish. This is what God is after. He's after us becoming one. He's after us linking or uh, locking arms together. Slaves. Romans 8, 14 through 15 says, The mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. And you did not receive the spirit of religious duty leading you back into the fear of never being good enough. That's slavery. Spiritual slavery. But you have received the spirit of full acceptance enfolding you into the family of God. And you will never feel orphaned for as he rises up within us, our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection, Beloved Father. 
So let me sum up these four words. Just as President Lincoln emancipated the slaves after the Civil War, the spirit of Elijah, which is mentioned in Malachi 4, 5, 6, will heal us of our internal brokenness, our scattered parts, in other words, will be retrieved, so we can function in unity and fulfill the Lord's heartfelt cry of John chapter 17, verses 21 through 23. So, I have a question. What is a scattered part? Two questions, actually. What is a scattered part? And number two, are scattered parts mentioned in Scripture? First, a scattered part is a fraction or piece of a person's spirit and or soul. In his book, Exploring Heavenly Places, Volume 11, Dr. Paul Cox explains, In ministering to a person's parts, we have learned that while a part can manifest as a complete individual and all aspects of a total person can be seen in the part, there are also times when the part believes that he or she is the entire person. For example, a three-year-old part may have the memories and personality of a three-year-old. He is everything that a three-year-old is, yet it is only a part. It is not the entire self. This separation from the core identity allows the parts of the whole person to be scattered and relegated to different part places in the spiritual world, which I said I'll explain in another podcast. Each part has the appearance of the whole and might even function as a whole, but it is only a part and each part can uh, hold unpleasant memories from the past. But again, the part is not the whole. The concept of DNA provides a good illustration. Each cell contains the complex information of the entire person, but that small part is not the whole individual. It is only a part and a microscopic one of that. So, to answer the second question, is or are, is the concept of scattered parts mentioned in scripture. Well, Job thirty-eight thirty-six in the English Standard Version says, Who hath put wisdom in the inward parts? Or who hath given understanding to the heart? That's Job thirty-eight thirty-six. Psalm 5, 9, For there is no faithfulness in their mouth. Their inward part is destruction. Their throat is an open tomb. They flatter with their tongue. That's in the New King James Version. Psalm chapter 7, verses 1 through 2 in the English Standard Version says, O Lord my God, in you do I take refuge. Save me from all my pursuers and deliver me, lest like a lion they tear my soul apart, rending it in pieces with none to deliver. Psalm 51, 6 from the New King James Version, Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part you will make me to know wisdom. And there are other scriptures. Uh, but I don't have time to go over each of these. I just wanted to give you four. Now that you've received the revelation of scattered parts, I'd like to share with you how to practically minister healing and homeless via a prayer, either to someone or to yourself, to be able to minister to those whose parts have been scattered because of childhood trauma, some level of physical, verbal, or sexual abuse, or victimization. This prayer that I'm about to share with you has been anointed by the Lord to integrate or call back people's scattered parts. I'd like to read it aloud to you. And uh, if you're interested, you can uh, go to our website of uh, 
sabbathforeveryone.com and you can learn or perhaps we're going to have to update that website but you can contact me at rgmvcc12 at hawaiirr.com to get a prayer manual that contains this prayer so this is the prayer that's in the prayer manual that I would encourage you to one day pray or perhaps listen to it over and over. It's very simple. Lord, I desire to have an undivided heart so that I may be united with myself, others, and with you. Lord, please release the sound and vibration of your roar as the Lion of Judah to dislodge all of my scattered spirit and soul parts entrapped in the ungodly heavenly places. Please dispatch your chariots of fire and the horsemen of Israel to retrieve every part so I can be reunited with myself. In Jesus' name, I now give each scattered part permission to feel and express all the emotions bottled up inside of me. In Jesus' name, amen. So this raises an obvious question. Does the prayer that I just prayed as an example to you of what you can pray if you feel broken, traumatized, or you don't feel whole, does it work? Does the prayer work? Well, on October 11, 2020, during the afternoon Zoom Healing Hearts training seminar, a young woman in her early 20s asked if she could share something. I said yes, and she proceeded to share that she had had an abortion after learning that she was pregnant with twins. She didn't tell her boyfriend about it. She just went ahead and did it, and then proceeded to say that she dealt with, for years, shame, guilt, and depression. Well, she went on to do a lot of prayer work on her own, but she had not yet forgiven herself. She knew God had forgiven her, but forgiving herself was a work in progress. And so after hearing her describe her ordeal, I stopped the seminar and told the class that I felt the Lord wanted us to minister to to her. Everyone agreed, and I led her in her prayer to forgive herself. I then asked her to read the prayer that I just prayed on this podcast and she said a tremendous level of peace came over her well during this time of ministry an intercessor named beth had the following vision you can't make this up beth said pastor rob as you were praying for the young woman i saw her standing then as i looked to see what was happening a large lion with a huge mane was standing in front of her As you continued to pray for the woman, the lion began to roar and a gust of wind came towards her like a fierce hurricane. After the lion had finished roaring, the woman became exposed or transparent. Soon after, I saw what looked like chariots of fire. The riders, the horses, and the chariots were all on fire. There were three of them picking up pieces from the ground. The air and what looked like outer space, that would probably be the heavenly places, Then the riders, the horses, and the chariots started putting the pieces in a bowl, and one of the chariot riders came over to the woman and started to place the pieces that had been picked up and put in the bowl and place them on her. They looked like Lego pieces. I then said to myself, Lord, what are they doing? Why are they putting the pieces back on her? And the Lord then said to me that he wanted all of her scattered parts to be retrieved back to their original state, back to her. Isn't that amazing? So let's quickly review what we've learned during today's podcast. The word shalom or peace means that more than the absence of stress or anxiety. It means to be whole, complete, or in unity. 
Church unity is the key to advancing God's kingdom, the key to moving into revival. But how can the family of God be united if we as individuals within the family of God are united to ourselves? Trauma, molestation, rape, incest, verbal, sexual abuse scatters people's soul and spirit parts, entrapping them in places like the ungodly depth. If the bride of Christ is to come into increasing levels of unity and to experience revival, then its individual parts must first be healed. And so I just want to share with you a buzzword. Heal the man, heal the clan. We heal the man, we heal the body of Christ. Well, that's it for today's podcast. I really pray that you would be encouraged, that you would know and become whole as an individual. If you are interested in learning more about this, contact me at rgmvcchawaii.rr.com. We are peacemakers. Matthew 5 9 is our calling. We're we're peacemakers, not peacekeepers. Peacekeepers keep the peace, but peacemakers make people whole. This means that we've been enlisted by the Father to pick up the pieces. And we are the leaves of the tree of the river of life, Revelation 22, 1 through 3. We are a conduit through which the Holy Spirit heals the nations. This is true salvation and wholeness. And this was what God is doing in this hour to prepare us for revival. And so be encouraged, get prepared, and let's get started with becoming whole. In Jesus' name, God bless you. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.